Hi everyone, I am Amit. I welcome you all to the From the Scratch podcast episode. So yeah, today is going to be so crazy, insightful, informative, educational episode. Hi guys, I am Amit. I welcome you all to this From the Scratch podcast episode. So today we are going to break the myth that Ayurveda can't cure diseases, and how huge is this industry? If you are a budding entrepreneur, an aspiring entrepreneur, then you must listen this full episode because. every minute will be value added to your journey so today we are going to have many such curious questions on ayurveda the future of india on being healthier organic and of course about some business so hold on take a deep breath because we have a very special guest very close to me i have been following him kind of inspiration for me so he is among us he is the ceo of dr vedyas with 150 years of ayurvedic heritage listed in forbes 30 under 30 asia and a person who loves to travel and explore a lot so with not wasting much time introducing to the man himself mr arjun vedya hello arjun yeah hey, thanks so much for having me and thanks for the introduction same here man hope you are safe and well in this pandemic and all this kind of a chaos Absolutely. yeah i i am safe and i hope you are too same thank you thank you so very much you like I, the very first direct question is like uh, it, it's a it's a long journey the company like 8 years right so it's it's a very long journey the legacy it has been still maintained but the thing is were you interested into this business legacy to join continue and grow scale even more which is now or like you had so, another different plans i think um, the company is not 8 years old actually it's 4 years old uh but my family legacy in ayurveda is 150 years and so that's what got me interested in the legacy actually my grandfather great grandfather and sort of generations before all ayurvedic doctors um as a family our last name vedya means ayurvedic doctor and we own 100 plus proprietary formulations passed down from generation to generation uh, there was no business uh, until 2016 my dada ran a clinic so did my great grandfather thousands of patients used to come to my dada's clinic on a monthly basis actually 300 per day Ooh. it come see treatment treatment was free consultation was free and medicines were chargeable and my dada built a very very strong reputation and a very 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 strong brand right and i grew up with this right so i grew up suffering from juvenile bronchitis i suffered from asthma um i was on pumps nebulizers steroids medicine all of that growing up i was stopped from playing cricket by my grandfather because there was too much dust on the cricket field mm-hmm. um and so I grew up with Ayurveda. Uh, after 14 years of painstaking treatment, I was cured of of asthma, and I was able to play cricket again. And so I grew up with a belief in Ayurveda, family legacy, as well as personal experience. Um, I went to the US to do my undergrad when I was 17 and a half years old in 2009. Um, I saw a move towards natural organic products. I saw yoga being repackaged, and I thought to myself, Why can't we do this with Ayurveda? If yoga mats, yoga pants, yoga gyms, yoga apparel—all of these things are multi-billion-dollar industries. why can't ayurveda be cool sexy fun and aspirational for modern consumers i moved back to india in 2013 i worked almost 3 years in private equity at a fund called l capital asia a consumer sector focused private equity fund um owned by the louis vuitton mohit hennessy group learned a lot about the indian consumer actually at that time learned about changes in obsession with imported products learned about indian consumers happy to consume quintessentially indian brands ayurveda was also changing right ministry of ayush was created Yeah. hundreds of thousands of consumers excited about ayurveda interested to consume quintessentially indian ayurvedic products and so in all of this i thought um there's an opportunity to build 
an Ayurvedic products brand that appeals to modern consumers. I had this legacy. My dada had passed away now. So we had this rich legacy, all of these formulations, these products. But I said, there is a gap between modern consumers and ancient Ayurveda. And that's what Dr. Vedya stands for. In 2016, I quit my job and started this company saying, we are going to be the bridge between 150 years of science, 150 years of family legacy, 5,000 years of science and Amit and modern consumers, right? Amit should be able to engage with Ayurveda. And that's the vision that we set out with Dr. Vedya yesterday. That I can totally see when I visited, it was like they were. It, it's a totally automated website, but still I can see a connection, like through the bot, the questions over there. Lot more I have seen. Like if someone, I, if I don't know more about Ayurveda, so there you have given the points. Like okay, they're for thyroid or for some headache or stress or all this stuff. So it was very relatable. So like as many entrepreneurs have fear to start something of their own, and like in the background they start they want to start something of their own and. Even I have discussed with you that I have an idea, still not started. So is this a fear or a laziness or anything? What is this? It's a fear. And, and I think the fear is not um, completely unwarranted, right? If you think about it, because it's a fear of the unknown. And, and as a human being, you have the fear of the unknown a lot, right? Um, and so I think there's no harm or issue in having this fear. The question is, understanding the fear and taking the plunge, right? And I think that's where a lot of people sort of lose sight of it. There is fear. There's always fear. Like today I've been running my company for four years, but I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. And so I have fear as well. The fear never goes away, but it's about taking that fear positively, taking that nervousness, that excitement. Every time we launch a new product, we're like, have that same nervousness, right? It's a new baby. It's coming to the world. Will it be successful? Will we be able to make it happen? Yeah. And so I think the fear is, is, is there There's a reason it's there. But taking the fear positively, rising above it and, and sort of making things happen by taking the plunge is, is critical for any entrepreneur. Got and recently I've seen you have, uh, the company have introduced a new, uh, new, uh, mid, uh, it, it's kind of a mint, mint chocolate like such. Uh, no, it's actually an effervescent tablet. It's a fizzy tablet. Um, it's called Herbo Fizz. <laughs> um, it's Amla in a, in a sort of effervescent tablet. So we launched that last week. We'll have, I think, eight new launches coming up next week as well. So we have a bunch of exciting things coming from Dr. Vedya's. Crazy. So like if someone has an idea, so how they can validate his or his idea? Is it right or not? Should they start? How they can get the belief? Well, I think there's a lot that goes into that validation process, right? But I think the first and most important thing that people need to do is actually speak to customers, right? So... For us at Dr. Vedya's, our seventh and most important philosophy is customers are reason for being. And I say this because there are a lot of people who come to me and, and sort of discuss ideas, but they have built the idea for themselves. Or they are so sold in building the product that they don't understand whether there's a need for the product. So I think validation has to come from customers and not from yourself. Because you like the website, because you like the app, because you like the journey doesn't mean it's a journey that hundreds of thousands of customers will be willing to take. And so really being customer centric and customer focused is critical for validation of product. The first thousand customers have to like, have to love your product. Right. And so building for customers is critical. Got it. So like before entering for validation, you mean you need to do a proper market analysis. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like these big words, market analysis, customer likability test, okay. uh, market research report, all of the focus group discussion, just go and speak to customers. I think all of these things are complex words for there is a product, there is a market. Does the product fit the need of the market? That's all. However, you may do it. Talk to customers, do an analysis, read research reports, read analysis, go research competitors, 
go find gaps in market. Whatever you may do, there is a product, there is a market. The product has to fit in the market. That's critical. Got it. Without got it. overcomplicating it, right? Yeah, got it. So, like for a business owner, like who's purely working offline and uh, not dependent on it, like not dependent on an online, like such, he's still and into offline. So, what's your thought on this? Like, what are the steps they need to take care, or what are the things they are doing wrong? You're talking about a business owner who does just offline. Yeah. Well, I, I think online, offline, B two B, B two C, these are all sales, and there's nothing wrong in doing just offline, right? It's about what is your product? Does the product make sense for the offline market? What's your differentiation? What's your moat, and how do you then market to customers? So whether it's online, whether it's offline, whether it's B two B, whether it's B two C, it's business at the end of the day, right? And business principles stay the same regardless of what you're doing. And so I think. Understanding these basic principles, like what's the business model, what's the product, what's the differentiation, how do you market to customers, that stays in any business, offline, online, wherever you go. Getting, getting. So, like sometimes, Arjun, I feel like like full mehnat karenge, build the business empire, will grow, help others also. But sometimes, even I get this feeling of let's enjoy this moment also, let's enjoy this age. So I'll just get confused. I don't know why this happens to me or this happens to everyone. So tell me more about that. Like, what do you say? Okay, I'm I'm working too hard. I'm not going to enjoy my time. For example, like I, I love doing business. I, from long years, I just work on some ideas. I love to do work. So it's like a lot of work. I love that. But sometimes I feel like I'm doing right. Am I only doing work? I should need to spend this time on enjoyment also. Sometimes in this age. So that's it's an entrepreneur's dilemma, right? It's always an entrepreneur's dilemma. I was. I'm always the last person at any party. I'm always the last to reach a friend's destination wedding. I'm always the person showing up late. Um, and people make fun of that. The reality is, I'm just—I mean, I'm at work, right? And so, I think what's important is being there where you want to be. Whether you're one hour late or you're one and a half hours late, you're there still, right? And if your work stops you from being there at all for your family, for your friends, for your loved ones, and being the person you are, then it's a problem. If you're one hour late, I, I, I personally as an entrepreneur don't think there's a big issue. You're one hour late, you're one hour late. It's fine. You just got to got to move on with life, right? But if you're not able to do anything, if your work is overburdening you, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling too stressed, you need an outlet, right? And so I usually use Sundays for that outlet. Like every Sunday at like eight o'clock, I go for a seven to eight kilometer run, and I absolutely love it. And I need it every Sunday. And even if I have a call and I'm running a little bit late, I'll push the call back because I want to do my run, and I'll do it tonight as well. <laughs> Kidding. So I think balance is critical, but for entrepreneurs, that balance is not like a normal nine-to-five job type balance. Maybe it's an eighty-twenty balance as opposed to a fifty-fifty balance. But finding that balance that keeps you sane is very important. Getting there. So that twenty percent balance will help in increasing that eighty percent. Like absolutely, the productivity will increase as well, right? Yeah. So it's a very important and the most awaited question. Uh, I asked you before this also. I just want your brief into this like hundred percent cure. Can it be? Hundred percent cure of any disease or any kind of anything which can be done through Ayurveda. Yeah, so I I'm completely cured of juvenile bronchitis using Ayurveda, but that doesn't mean that Ayurveda can hundred percent cure everything, right? So I think the critical principle here is that Ayurveda believes that every human body is made up of a different composition of the five elements: earth, wind, water, fire, and space. Into Ayurvedic personality, the dosha, right? Vat, pitta, or kapha. Now every body is different. Every ailment is different. Every individual is different. Ayurveda genuinely believes in this. So when people say, "Can you 100% guarantee me will cure this?" I don't know. 
what your body type is what your ailment is how long you've been suffering for what level is what stage it is what your diet is what your lifestyle is i think it's holistic right so you take into account all of these things um and so the paradigm has to change right the thought process has to change have these medicines been successful yes have they been around for donkey's years yes it's been 5000 years that ayurveda has been in existence uh, covid came and went uh, covid came and will go spanish flu came and went world wars came and went ayurveda still stood the test of time right ayurveda didn't go away so that it's cured hundreds of millions of people maybe even billions of people over the last 5000 years yes it has um but that doesn't mean that what you're suffering from is not unique and so understanding what you're suffering from is also critical uh, but yes we have the good fortune of having years and years and years of history and legacy behind us and years and years and years of successful cases and and successful um medical treatments behind us got it so uh, this ayurveda requires a consistency it's not like just a tablet and just kill off absolutely so, so there are tablets it's not like they're not tablets if you have your tablet one day and you miss it the next day and you don't continue your dose for one to three months depending on what the doctor tells you it's not going to work it's not instant action um it's holistic it's a lifestyle so even i visited your website i have seen there is a tool where we can see uh, we are like walk with and like uh, there are four elements dosha yeah dosha test walk with or cough there is a question a question answer we need to just click 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 and at the end we will know which one is that so guys like if you want to know about that you can go to their website and you will find everything it's very user friendly it's very easy so the thing is like doctor whether is is it purely online selling product platform currently it is 95% online um a lot through our website so we've had more than a million customers buy on our website we work with all the third party channels amazon flipkart paytm shopglue snapdeal netmeds oh. medlife one g all of these platforms um the great part about this is it allows us to access consumers across this country right so so the beautiful part about the online businesses we've scaled to 16 and a half thousand pin codes over 3 years oh just imagine 16 and a half thousand pin codes have been fulfilled by dr is that's a beautiful thing which which maybe if i launch in retail i won't even reach 16 and a half thousand pin codes in 3 years yeah having said that there is a there is a plan and a vision to be available in stores as well which we'll implement from next year onwards got it so i have thought of franchise stores like instead of you opening you can give the franchise stores or like uh, right now maybe like right now we're not stores you can stores uh our business in fmcg or consumer products business right and so our products will sell through stores so we won't take our own store we'll sell through existing stores of general trade modern trade chemist store etc got it i like ever thought of like uh rebranding some other medical stores and to dr vedyas a thought of it but we're not a retail business we don't want to have our own stores for now at least never say never maybe we will in the future but right now we're not taking the retail vision got it got it like uh, what I, i'll just give you one thing like i have seen uh, hindware he, what he does is like he don't have his own store so what his store is like if there is ceramic so the ground floor he will sponsor he will do proper finishing furnishing all the products will be there and the person where is sitting the behind there will be hindware so i mean that can be done yeah Yeah, that makes total sense for a category like that, where there's big products, big stores, etc. In a chemist shop, when there are nine thousand SKUs, I can't take the whole chemist shop and and say my fifty products will be on, right? Huh. So that's why you see brands taking dealer boards of chemist stores, right? So Pepsi, yeah, Dabur, uh, they'll take the board. It doesn't mean that in the chemist shop there's only Dabur products or seventy percent or eighty percent products at Dabur. It's just that visibility and top of mind recall for customers, yeah, right? So as like even Dr. Vedyas, I've seen uh, kind of influencer marketing. You are more into that strategy 
So, but like in this journey of four years or three years, which marketing strategy was, was like most effective in conversion? The bread and butter of what we do at Dr. Vedya's um, and the bulk of, of our focus for generating conversions is performance marketing. Top of funnel, like influencer, like branding, all of those kind of things help increase brand record. But for conversions, we still focus on performance marketing. Performance marketing, got it, got it. So how do you see like the future of business leveraging the social media apps or building or grow through those applications like awareness? I think, I think there's one very important data point, right? I spent, I was looking at my screen time this morning because every uh, Sunday, Apple tells you a screen time and 80 or 85% of my screen time is spent on social networking apps, right? Um, I include Gmail for that, uh, but I also include WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, all of these things that I use, right? 80, 85% of my day on my phone is spent on these apps. Then that's where everyone has to go, right? Getting it. And so it's critical for brands to have a play and a vision, even if you're selling offline, to have a play and a vision on these, on, on these digital platforms. Instead of not selling, but have awareness is very important, you mean? Have, have something there. You can't ignore that. Yeah. So how do you see Indian coming years towards being organic and healthier? I think things are changing significantly, right? Um, health consciousness, focusing on health, all of those things are coming to us. Um, and so it's very important. Um, and I think there's a big change in consumer behavior. People are understanding more about health, um, wellness, uh, natural products. Um, these things were not there or were not focus area 10 years ago. Exactly. It's critical to see the change and embody the change as a brand as well. And like due to this COVID, it has pushed actually a lot more towards organic and healthier. So yeah, I'll give you one example here, right? Immunity was a by the way category for Dr. Vaidya's before March. Now immunity is an essential for everyone. Vitamin C boosters, Amla, Giloy, Ashwagandha, Chavanprash, all of these things have become part of our lives now. <laughs> um, so things have changed with COVID's inflection point. So like, yeah. did you see the change, the growth in this because of COVID? Like yes. these people specifically for immunity category, huge increase in consumption, a huge increase. So like uh, the last question comes to the end of this episode. Uh, like any Ayurvedic medicine, is it compulsory after a certain age? No. So, so uh, Ayurvedic medicine largely is sort of not, not, not harmful or doesn't have harmful side effects. Having said that, like I'll give you a simple example, pills and capsules. We don't recommend it to kids below the age of 12 because they may not be able to swallow it. Um, so, so each of the medicines that you consume in Ayurveda in general, I would say the advice to consumers is read the labels carefully. If you don't have enough information on the labels, consult the brand or the doctor who's giving you the medicine and look for a license number as well. Look for buying licensed approved medicine. When you buy an Ayurvedic medicine, um, look for the manufacturing license number because once you see that, you know, the medicine or the brand is sort of approved by the ministry of Ayush. Getting, getting, getting. Yeah, like I even I got tempted by seeing into your website even soon. I few have few personal questions which I will ask and then I'll go through the website and I'll get few stuffs. So uh, it was a short session and was really I really really so much grateful and thank you so very much for taking out thank time you. on your busy schedule and this weekend you have taken time. So thank you, thank no, you. No, so yeah. <laughs> it means a lot. So guys, that's it from my side. Hope so. As I told in the initial of the episode that every minute is value added into your life. So guys, that's it from my side. See you in the another one. Until then, take care, keep smiling.
bye bye it means a lot thank you so much for staying till the end i really appreciate if you can come back again for the next amazing and informative episode of from the scratch podcast